Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy Stewart, and welcome to my podcast. Each week, we will talk about how to live our lives in God's fullness. My goal is to encourage, equip, and empower you. I have included show notes that highlight the points of this message. You can also find all the information on my website, cindy-stewart.com. I am so excited about sharing this journey with you. So let's begin. This morning, we're going to talk about following the Spirit, and we're going to talk about this the whole month of May. Yeah, (laughs) hallelujah. So we're going to talk about the whole month of May, and we're going to look at different areas. Today, we're going to look at why we're going to follow the Spirit. And today, we're going to talk about discerning the times. We're following the Spirit to discern the times so that we are able to connect with what God is doing. Because we want to be able to discern the times. Um, the re- and we're going to look at why we need to do that. Then the rest of the month, we're going to look at how we're going to do it. So we're going to look at following the Spirit to thrive in this season. We're going to look at following the Spirit to be in tandem in movement. Uh, we're going to look at following the Spirit in order to capture the promises of God. And we'll talk about that on Pentecost. So this whole month is going to be about following the Spirit. And, you know, it's interesting how we do things that we don't realize we're doing in response to something we've heard. So when we did our survey, probably, I don't know, it's probably been a month ago. It was, it was right after the COVID started, the isolation started, or quarantine, whatever you call it. For me, it was isolation. Somebody else might say it was a, it was a dream. But, um, but we did a survey of all the gathering people, and what they said was, number one, is they want to learn more about living in the spirit, living in the supernatural. And number two, they want to have a party. So uh, we're going to start with living in the supernatural and we're going to have a party as soon as somebody says it's okay, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but so it's funny because as I was planning this uh, and, and kind of laying it all out for the month, I realized that what has been on your hearts, God is putting it through this mess- these messages to come and through Thursday night. Because on our Thursday night Zoom classes, and for you guys watching online and you guys that have not joined us, you can look onto our Gathering Facebook page and it'll tell you exactly how to log on. But our Thursday night Zoom classes, we have been learning how to live in the Spirit. Because each Thursday night we have a subject, and like Chuck said, this Thursday night is going to be armed and dangerous, learning how to... um, learning the strategy to combat the enemy's attack against us. And over the last couple of weeks, we've done, you know, uh, God, what are you saying about the economics? And it was powerful what he's saying. And, you know, we've sent that out to the president. I told you we mailed a letter to the president, wrote a letter, an article for uh, people to read. Um, And then we also talked about, uh, we talked about our fast. We went through a fasting and talked about what did God show us during that fast. And then last week, we talked about preparing the move of God. And we didn't just talk about it. Everybody searched the heart of God and brought what he, his revelation for everyone to share. 
And when you see the revelation that's being shared and hear it, it's amazing the picture and the pieces of the puzzle that he's putting together strategically for us to step out into this next season. So honestly, these Thursday nights have been uh, some of the most powerful studies we've ever had because it's, it's bringing down the heart of God with the, with the word and, and uh, putting it together as each one brings their peace in order to know what is our next step. Really, really good. Uh, I'm sure there's a way we can figure out how to share that that more, but we'll work on that. So this whole month is going to be about going after the Spirit, following the Spirit, just like we did with worship. So good. And today we're going to talk about we should be able to discern the times, right? And the reason we're able to is because we're following the Spirit. But the why behind it is we want to be able, we should be able to discern the times so we are positioned for what God is doing in this season. So in order to understand what God is doing, then we have to be able to discern the season that we're in. Does that make sense? So we're going to talk about kind of the foundational part of this first. And the foundational part that we will talk about every single week is following the Spirit. That's the foundational part. And, uh, you know, it's funny. We, all, we are going to write stories about that. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of books about quarantine during a pandemic, I'm sure. But I was thinking about it this morning because this is almost like we're in training to follow the Spirit. Because the things that we have done that have been second nature, we don't even think about it. You know how we, when we drive home, we don't think about how we're going to get home. We've done it so much, we just know how to get there. And sometimes when we get there, we're like, how did we get here? Gosh, it seemed awful fast. So we, we just really didn't know. So when we think about everything we do now because of what has happened, goes through a major decision process. It's not second nature. Like I, the other day, I was like, uh, I need to go to the grocery store. And so then I had to go through a thought process. Normally, I would just pop in and out and get what I need. No, I had to go through a thought process. Okay, I, I want to go to Fresh Market. When should I go? I know Fresh Market requires a mask, but do they require gloves? I don't know. So I took gloves with me just in case they required gloves that I would have them because there's a sign on their door that says if you don't have what we're requiring, you can't come in. But when I got in, there were people in there that didn't have what they were requiring. I'm like, I'm so confused. <laughs> I feel like this is like a constant. I'm looking at this guy that doesn't have a mask on. He's talking to me, and I'm like, I got my mask on. I'm like, don't get near me. You know, it's a constant. You're, you're, it's like you're unnerved all the time because it's, it's, in, it's in fluid motion. So I'm going, and I'm thinking about, okay, what's the best time to go? I was going to go Thursday afternoon, but then uh, I'm like, that's not a good time. So I decided Friday morning. Then I'm like, what do I need? Well, what can I substitute if they don't have what I need? You know, I had to Google on my phone while I was standing there because I was making my daughter some food. And I was like, well, they don't have this. So what's the substitution for it? So it's not like you go in and normally everything you need is there. You're always kind of on this high alert of trying to figure out, is this person six feet from me? And they have tape on the floor, so, you know, six foot square. So you're walking through and you're like, 
and I crossed over into some guy six foot square and he glared at me and he moved to the other side of his cart to make sure and I was like I am so sorry you know there's that you're having to be so intentional and thought you know you have to think about everything you do and I get to the meat counter and I can't look at the meat counter because I'm in the six foot square where at the other end of the meat counter, they're like, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't know, because I don't know what's on sale. I don't know, you know, it, you know, it's just this constant barrage of adjustment. And so God, God I feel like this is part of the training ground of, of, of being in a more intimate oneness with the Holy Spirit, constantly adjusting to this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. You know, just, just, just breathe. This is what you need to do. Uh, because it's uncertainty. I, you know, we, we're just disarmed. We've been shaken. You know, my son and his daughter were um, down near our house with their new baby that they're adopting. So we're going to have two new babies. It's not quite gone through yet. I don't know if that's okay to say, but it's already said. Can't reel that back in. <laughs> Can't edit that tape. But uh, so I'm like... They're right down the street. I'm like, well, is it okay for them to come over? I mean, should we have, I don't know, should I call them? Ask Chuck. I said, what do you think? You know, God, do you think it's okay for them to come over now? You know, I'm trying to figure out because we have to, even with families, unless you live in the same household, they say that you're not supposed to get together. Well, Chuck said, yes, let's get together. So they came over. So we broke every rule. We broke every rule. We hugged and we kissed the baby and we did everything we weren't supposed to do. But it's because the contact was second nature. I didn't have to think about whether I'm going to hug my son and my daughter-in-law and, and my new little baby. You just did. So, so we've got this whole second nature that's within us that is being shaken because we're, we can't move in that second nature according to new rules that have been set around us. But the Holy Spirit is not a new rule. He is second nature to us. He is the number one. You know, the Holy Spirit is one in us and our spirit follows the Holy Spirit and our soul follows our spirit and our mind, our body follows everything else. But the Holy Spirit is always the leader so we're learning, this is almost like a test of learning how to really follow the Holy Spirit. And then when we follow the Holy Spirit, then of course, our path is different. And I'm going to read a scripture, which I didn't give to you, Noah, and you don't have to bring it up because it's out of the Passion Translation, but it says, Passion Translation, Psalms 32, 8, it just says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing you guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will stay close to you. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. That's what it means to follow the Holy Spirit. To understand, you know, we're like trying to say, God, we're, we're close to you, we're close to you. And he's saying, I will stay close to you. I live in you. I will guide you. I will instruct you. I will tell you whether to go to Fresh Market or not. You know, you, we think that those kind of decisions don't have to be filtered through the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit breathes on us and tells us 
what, what is the right thing? Two o'clock in the afternoon or nine o'clock in the morning? That's what the Holy Spirit, he cares about that. He says, I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes. So the, whole, the eyes of the Spirit are almost like the headlights in the dark of night. No matter what's going on, we look through his eyes to see where we are to go. And when we do that, we don't slip off the path. We stay solid on that path. So that's kind of where we're going to keep our hula hoop is remembering that this is a increase in our ability to follow the Holy Spirit. That, that, that skill is being heightened in every one of us because our norm has been disarmed. So we are learning a new norm and God is teaching us. So that's exciting. Whew. God is so good. Yeah. Whew. Okay, so we're going to turn to Acts um, 16, verse 9. We're going to do a little jumping in Acts, and then we'll, we'll uh, probably do Hosea and uh, Ezekiel. We'll see how much time. Oh, no, we got plenty of time. Uh, where is Acts? Okay. I've got plenty of time. Hopefully, y'all have got plenty of time. Because there ain't nothing else to do. The beaches aren't open yet. <laughs> we got one more day. One more day and then the beaches will be open. Okay, 16, Acts 16. So I just want to read this as just a little bit of reinforcement of following the Holy Spirit. And it's verse 9. It says, Then, in a, then a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man from Macedonia was standing and pleading with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And, we had, and when he had seen the vision, we tried to go into Macedonia at once, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. It's that immediacy in the guidance of the Holy Spirit, that immediacy in doing that. And what's interesting is once they got there, you know, they go into this, verse 13 says, they go in and they begin to speak. But verse 14 says, a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a dealer in purple fabrics who was already a worshiper of God, listened to us. And the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to respond to the things said by Paul. And she was baptized along with her whole household. Now, isn't it interesting that when Paul sees a vision of a man, but upon releasing the word of God in this small gathering, it was a woman that said, how about me? And not only does she get baptized, but her whole household gets baptized. Her whole household. And then she goes on, you know, to be that light for her area for Christ. But isn't it interesting that for me, if I saw a man in a vision to go to Publix and I go over there, what am I going to look for? I'm going to look for a man because that's what I saw in my vision. But when, I, when, when Paul got there, what did he encounter? 
he encountered a person that needed to say yes to Jesus so that not only her whole household, but her whole community would be able to see that. It's interesting because I know for me that I think that I have it all figured out. When God shows me something, I'm like, got it, I'm gone. I'm running with it. I got it, God. But many times I have a piece of what he wants me to do. And as I follow the Spirit, I'll be able to put the pieces together. With each step, instead of saying, yep, I got it, let's go, and I'll get back with you, God, if I have any questions. He's saying, I'm going to want you to look through my eyes as we go on this adventure together. Amen? So that's the first one, following the Spirit. Okay, the second part of this is we're going to talk about, we've got four parts we're going to talk about today. The second part of this is we're going to talk about, we, we should be able to discern the times about what God is doing outside of the church walls. Because we will know how to respond to his move in this season. We're always looking for a response to what God is doing. What is he calling us to do? And, you know, there are two things that we're going to talk about today, and we'll talk about other things through the next couple of weeks. But the first one is the great harvest, because there is a great harvest going on. There is a great harvest going on. And the second one is going to be the miracles, the signs, and the wonders that are going to occur in this great harvest. And some of the things I'm sharing came out of this past Thursday night study that we did because it was so powerful with the confirmations of one another just in different pieces that God gave. But we're going to go to Acts 19.11 because I want us to really uh, uh, prepare our hearts because God is doing this. So Acts 19.11 says, whoops, maybe I'll go with you. Okay. It says, God was doing extraordinary and unusual miracles by the hand of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or face towels or aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick and their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. Now, that's a sign and a wonder. That is a miracle. We didn't have a deliverance session. We didn't have weeks of deliverance sessions. The sweat of his body was so filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that it was just like, just wipe it on you and you'll be good. That's all it takes. And, of course, we're like, ooh. I don't know if I really want to touch his sweat. But, you know, think about it. I mean, you know that 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 shocked people. How did you get healed? Well, Paul, that guy who preaches the way, Jesus, was sweating. And I picked up his, his, his cloth, and all of a sudden, I was healed. So I got a bunch of his cloths wiped it all over him, and went and spread them out to everybody so everybody could get healed. Just think if God gives you the, the ministry of sweating cloths. That means you're going to have to go work in the yard or something because most of us don't sweat for a living. 
Most of us do not sweat for a living. We, we live in air conditioning. But just think about the sign and the wonder of what that is. Just think about it. And that, I mean, there was so much infusion of God, of the Holy Spirit within Paul, that everything that came out of him had power. Everything. So if I spit on you by accident because you're sitting too close, you will not get COVID. You will get healed. You will get delivered. You will get saved. You will have a miracle. And then not only will you have that, you'll have what I have. I mean, think about this. You know, this is a, this is a whole different picture than we're talking about. It's totally different than what we've ever seen before. And we've got to be willing to release the sweat. We just have to be willing to do what God tells us to do that was so strange. Now, it doesn't say that Paul wiped himself off and went chasing people through the street trying to put sweat on them, right? But it was just this natural. This is what's becoming natural. This is what's becoming part of our DNA is that following the Spirit means that we're going to do things second nature. We're not going to battle over, oh, God, you want me to do this? I don't know if I can do that. I don't know. Is it really you? I need three witnesses. I'm calling 12 of my people. And if three out of 12, then I may try another 12. You know, we're not going to go through that mental gymnastics of whether we've heard from God. Because this season of outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the following of God helps us to facilitate the great harvest that's going to happen. The the great harvest is a sovereign move of God. He has ordained this time for a great harvest. And he's ordained this time for signs and wonders and miracles to come out in a way that, that will shock us. We will be shocked by it. We'll be like, I don't know what happened. I'm so glad you're healed. But I have no idea what happened. I just followed the Spirit, and the Spirit led me X. And I did X, and you are here. I mean, that, that is what we're looking. We're looking at such an immersion in the Spirit that the outside world, you know, in here, we're having fun, we're worshiping, we're getting kind of a little slaughtered by the Spirit, you know, or, you know, I just enjoyed this morning. But out there... We are worshiping, and we are following the Spirit, and they are getting slaughtered in the Spirit because what we're doing is so natural to us. It is innate within us. It is part of who we are. It's not a separate entity that our mind is fighting with. It is a Holy Spirit immersion that flows out of us. John 7, 37, 38. Out of our bellies flow a river of living water. The living water comes, permeates out of our skin. That's what we're looking at. We're, we are not looking at what happened when we met on March 22nd. We're looking at what is happening right now on May 3rd. And we're saying, God, we don't know what's at the grocery store. We don't know what you have for us. But what I know is that it's not going to look like what I thought. And I am willing to just say, go, Holy Spirit, I'm with you. I'm going to look through things through your eyes. 
and I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do because that outside world you have ordained in this season to bring a great harvest. And I will do my part to bring that harvest in because you're going to do it whether I join in or not because it's been ordained in time. Okay, we're going we're gonna to move on from there. It's a powerful, we, we're in a powerful, powerful, powerful season. Uh, verse 17 uh, on Acts 19. And this actually did come from our Bible study also. Um, it says, uh, this became known uh, about Paul's miracles, and we're not going to talk about the sons of Scivia right now, but this became known to all who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear and fear and fear. That's what we're going to see. We're going to see the fear of the Lord falling on all of us. None of us are exempt from encountering the fear of the Lord. Whew. My heart is racing. And the fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus Christ was magnified and exalted. Yeah. Many of those who had become believers were coming, confessing, and disclosing their former sinful practices. And many of those who had practiced magical arts. Now think about what that is. The magical arts is a counterfeit of the signs and wonders, right? We understand that it's a counterfeit. Uh, the people who had practiced magical arts collected their books and throwing book after book on a pile, began burning them in front of everyone. They calculated their value and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. Okay, so listen to this. On our study on Thursday night, it, two people mentioned it, and I don't remember who it was. They said that we will have the love language of the outside world. We will be able to speak their language in order for them to encounter God. Look at this example. Oh, that's not it. Look at this example. So think about this. We have people who have heard of the signs and wonders of God, right? And they are counterfeit working in arts, magical arts, you know, the magic and the sorcery and all that kind of stuff. They're doing a counterfeit of God. So what happens they see what is real. The fear of the Lord overtakes them. So they give up what is counterfeit to be able to encounter what is real. They had their language spoken because they were into the magic and the sorcery and all these things that imitate a false signs and wonders from God. So when they heard and saw this incredible move of God, not only, and we won't, like I said, I'm not going to go into the sons of Scivia, but not only that, that the demons would not bow to the name of Jesus from people who didn't know Jesus. The fear of the Lord fell on them. So they took their worldly possession, the only way they could make income, the fear of the Lord was so strong. The reality of what a real sign, a real wonder, a real miracle looked like caused them to give up their livelihood, to burn their possessions in order to encounter the living God. That's what we're going to see in this harvest. 
Can you imagine the, the level of witchcraft that is out there right now? You know, there's, little, there's a Disney show that teaches you how to do spells. It teaches you the, the basics, 101 witchcraft. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Our Disney Junior, that's what the kids are watching. I was trying to find something for uh, uh, my son's foster kids, and I was looking through this, and I'm like, well, we can't watch that. <laughs> you know, and this is cartoon, so it's animated, so it looks harmless. So we're going to have a whole generation of kids that are going to have to see the signs and wonders of the living God in order to give up the counterfeit of the demonic presence that's been taught to them. So, so this is part of the great harvest is this fear of the Lord that will cause the pornography shops to, show, to close. They will give up their livelihood in order to have the reality of Christ in their lives. We will see all kinds of shifting of our economic for the goodness of God because they've had that revelation that is what the great harvest is going to be. It's a revelation that is facilitated by uh, words that have power, by sweat that will heal you, yeah. by, by the, the wonder of who God is, the fear that will fall so heavy when you're in the room yeah. that not only you're trembling, the people are trembling because they've encountered what is real. It's a season of realness. You know, that's what everybody's saying. That's the new thing. I want it authentic. Well, they're about to see an authentic God. Yeah. And they're going to see an authentic God rise up in his people. Yeah. Whew. God is so good to us. That is, God is so good to us. Okay. Our next one um, is number three. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because we'll, we'll go into this every week. And then we're having our class this week about it. But uh, we should be able to discern the tactics of the enemy before they come against us. Right. We need to be proactive, not reactive. Right. We've got to be proactive. Because if we wait until we realize something's wrong, the territory he's gained is so much more. Territory he's gained is so much more. So we're going to discern the tactic of the enemy. God, and God is going to teach us how to know ahead of time what to do. Where we can just smell it in the air. I smell him coming. God, what do I do? And God gives us two basic choices. Of two basic uh, tactics that he causes us to use. And I'm going to read these two and then we're going to move on to the next one. But the two tactics are, and this is uh, Psalms 62.5, and both of these are going to be out of the Passion Translation. Notice so I didn't give those to you. But the two tactics are, first, we stand. And that's what Ephesians says also, Ephesians 6 says. It says, I am standing in absolute stillness. Silent before the one I love. Waiting as long as it takes for him to rescue me. Because only God is my Savior and he will not fail me. There are times when we draw a sword and there's times where we stand. 
We stand in front of him and we don't have to worry about what the war is going to look like because he has fought it for us. He has gone before us. He's gone behind us. And we are standing in stillness before the one we love because we know that he is surrounded us. That's the song we sang. This is how I fight my battles. Though it looks like the enemy surround me, I'm surrounded by you. That's one of the ways we fight is in stillness before the one we love. And he'll tell us, is that the way he wants us to fight? The other one is uh, Isaiah 21.5. And it talks about, um, it says, rise up captains, oil your shields. Oil your shields for battle, for your enemy is at the gates. Rise up, captains. Oil your shields for battle, for your enemy is at the gates. There will be times where he calls us to stand. We just stand before the one we love. And there's times where he says, oil your shield, because the enemy's at the gate, and it's time for battle. And he will teach us how to battle. Not every battle will be the same. Not everybody will be fought the same. Not everybody will be won the same. You know, you can go back to Second um, Samuel, something right in there. Six, I think. But he, he, David talks about he's got the Philistines coming at him. And he says the first time, Lord, can I defeat him? Yes. What do I do? You go out and do this. The second time, he says, they're still coming. What do I do? He says, you wait till you hear the angels walking across the, uh, the bushes, and then you go this way. Every battle is different. And it's following the Spirit is how we will know which battle we're going to fight. Okay. Oh, this is good. God is so good. You know what I love is it's almost like he's saying... There's just so much more of me that you're aware of in this season because you've had to do a pursuit like you've never done before. You know, we get in our, in sync with our norm. You know, I pray in the morning, I have my coffee, I go for a run, da, da, da. But, but out of this abnormal, I've had to resync myself. And that's what I feel like he's saying this, this is a whole new more of me that you already have. You just didn't recognize this piece. So it's such a good thing. Okay. So we, we've looked at discerning the times. We've looked at living in the spirit. We've looked at um, something else that was really good. Oh, what's happening outside of the church? What's happening as far as the enemy, discerning the enemy, discerning outside the church. And I just want to end on discerning what is happening within the church so we know our role. We have to know our role on the exterior of the church. We have to know our role on the interior of the church. So we want to discern what's happening inside the church um, in order to know what we should do. Uh, Hosea 2 is where we're going to go next. Uh, sometimes my brain is thinking, and I just keep going through the pages like, what was I looking for? Hosea 2. 
and we're going to do uh, 14 and 15. Those are the two scriptures we're going to do. It says, Therefore, behold, I will allure Israel and bring her into the wilderness. I will speak tenderly to her to reconcile her to me. I feel like God is reconciling his people back to him. And that may sound like, well, why do I need to be reconciled? Because we get distracted. We get distracted. I've been doing a 10-day focus by Chuck Pierce, I believe it's who did it. And when I first started doing it, I was like, I don't really know if I want to do this because it doesn't really sound like what I like. It's all about making sure that you're reconciled to God, making sure there's nothing in there that's gotten in the way that's realigned your focus. And every single day, God has revealed something within me that needs to be transformed in order for me to be reconciled to God. Because you think, okay, well, I'm going to confess my sin. Maybe I watched this show that had something on it. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about your thoughts, your mind, your habits. But he, he, during, we have been in a season, and I believe we will continue to be in that season, where God has drawn us into him to make sure that we are reconciled, that we are aligned with him. And the second part of that scripture says, Therefore, I will give her vineyards from there. I will make the, the valley of Achor a door of hope and expectation. Who wants that door of hope and expectation open for them? Amen. Anticipating the time when I will restore my favor upon her. The Lord's favor has been released upon his people. And she will sing there and respond as in the days of her youth. And in the days when she came up from the land of Egypt. God has done this amazing thing in his people. You know, we saw it began about maybe 18 months ago, maybe two years ago. We saw an abrupt cleansing of his house. We saw leaders step down. We saw um, things revealed that were only known in the back corners of uh, boardrooms within the church. We, we saw leaders restored and we saw leaders walk away because they weren't ready for that restoration. They didn't want it, whatever it was, you know, who knows? I don't know, only God knows. But we saw a massive scrub brush, almost a Brillo pad, go through the church. And there are churches that have um, closed There are churches that have realigned and been restored. But God did this because he couldn't uh, move us into the season we need to move in without a massive cleansing of his church. And where the cleansing started with the leaders, it went all the way through the church. Because we know that when sin is revealed, it brings a season of revelation to all who hear. When you hear of someone who's taken a massive fall from these big platforms, and there's nothing wrong with big platforms. There's nothing being said about that. I'm just saying that they've been in the highlight, in the spotlight, 
in, in crusades of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, and all of a sudden, this dual life has been exposed. They have the stage life and the dual life. When the dual life is exposed, it causes all of God's people to begin to examine. So where the leadership goes, so does the church. The leadership needs to lead the church in a way that brings glory to God. But we also know that leaders aren't perfect. And um, we won't talk about that right now. <laughs> I can go through my imperfections. We can have a leadership uh, true confession if you want to. But, but, you know, think about it. When you see... Uh, something happened, it makes you say, God, is there anything in me? So the, over the last two years, it may have been even longer, there's been a massive cleansing of God's house, of his leadership. And when the house is cleansed, everything is cleansed, which has made us a um, um, ready for this door of hope, this door of expectation, this door of change, this door of shift. It's made us ready for this. And that door is open. It's open for us to step into. And I don't know if Hosea was the best thing to end on because it sounds kind of a, uh, but you know, we have to know as priest, we cannot be dualistic. We are priests unto God. We minister unto God. When we minister in the proper heart unto God, I'm just going to read this scripture. No, I didn't give this one to you either. Say, oh, I might have 2 Corinthians, I mean, 2 Chronicles 7, 2 through 3. It says, now listen, this is you. I want you to think about your role as a priest. You are a priest, right? Say, I am a priest. I am a priest. I am a priest. I, and, and my job is to minister unto God. My job is to minister unto God. So the priest, you know, this is the opening of the temple in Solomon's time. And the priest have brought all the offerings. And, and God has consumed it. And, and the priest said, I mean, the, the scripture says, The priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory and the brilliance of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the people of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory and the brilliance of God upon the house, they bowed down on the stone pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshiped and they praised. They praised the Lord saying, for he is good and his mercy and his loving kindness endure forever. We have to have our houses clean in order to minister under the glory and the power of God, under the brilliance and the radiance of who he is. And, and as priests, God has given us the invitation to minister to him, to be holy and pure and blameless before him. And as kings, he has given us the anointing to rule and reign in this season. We are to rule and reign. In fact, somebody in our Thursday night said, said, in our Thursday night said, Jesus is the king of kings. So he thinks of us as kings. We are, uh, we are to deliver the king's rule to wherever we are to further his kingdom. 
as kings, we carry the kingdom currency, which is love. And just as importantly, we rule, uh, we rule with the king's heart and character. That's what's happening inside the church. That, that's what's happening with us. God is uh, shoring us back up. He's realigning us as priests and kings unto him. Priests to minister unto him, kings to rule the kingdom. And we talked about the kingdom business a couple of weeks ago. We, we, are, we are in charge of the finances of the kingdom business. We're in charge of the health of everyone who works within the kingdom business. You know, we're in charge of uh, new ideas for the kingdom business. I mean, we've got, we've got a lot of fun things that we can do. This, sh- this should be lots of fun for us. And one of the other things that was said was... Um, Uh, that God said to them, above all, recognize I have superiority over everything. And to the degree that we recognize his superiority is the degree of authority that we have. So God is bringing unity back into the body. And I'm not going to read the Ezekiel scripture, but I am going to say what it was real quick. I was reading Ezekiel 37 about the dry bones. But right after that, right after the whole section about the dry bones, he t- God talks about how he is taking the stick of Judah and the stick of Israel and binding it together. And that he's calling in all that were scattered to come back. To come back into this unified position with one king as king, Jesus. So that's what is happening inside the church is we're being called back from all the places we've been scattered. We're being unified in the places we've been divided. And we are following the spirit under the lead of our king of kings, Jesus, as priests and kings unto him. So that's about all I'm going to say about this. I do want to say one other thing about our house, the gathering house. You know, a couple, about a year and a half ago, I don't even know what it is. Uh, the Lord started talking to us about being an apostolic house. And we spent a lot of time praying about it. Y'all spent a lot of time praying about it. We, we've had board meetings about it. We've had input about it, trying to figure out how do we begin? How do we do this? We've talked to people outside of our church family because we know that part of that is supposed to include people outside of the church family. And the Lord showed me something. And it's really funny because, like I said, we do things and we don't even know what we're doing. And I can say that clearly for me. So you're being led by someone who doesn't know what she's doing. But then I realized that God has shown us that this is what we're supposed to do. So y'all are in good company. So here we have this apostolic anointing on us, right? So we've been having these Thursday night studies. The first one, we just kind of did it, kind of getting to know each other. The the second, third, and fourth one, we did it with, we're seeking God for X, this answer. And what God has shown 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 me is that we are building our apostolic center from the inside out. That everyone here, everyone that's part of our covenant family, everyone that's part of us, and we've got people outside that have been part of our Thursday nights, we are building our signature sound 
and part of our signature sound as as a corporate body, we are prophetic house. We are a prophetic house. That is our, our, one of our, I, I would say that that is what we are anointed as, as a prophetic house. And of course, um, underneath that comes all healing and all those stuff we love. But we are a prophetic house. And what God was showing me is that our prophetic house, our prophetic voices put together is releasing the sound of heaven in our region, in our state, in our nation. So our apostolic house is being built, being foundationally built under these Thursday night meetings. Because we are putting together what we are hearing from the Lord in order to release a breakthrough, a strategy, a, a, a new wave, whatever God is giving us for not only our house, but for our region, for our state, for our nation, and for this world. So that the level of responsibility and the level of um, just wonder that God is using us in order to be breakers for our area. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw Kim Malone's word for our region. Look on my Facebook page. Uh, he posted a word just for the Tampa Bay region. And I read the word that he gave us for just Tarpon Springs, that the tarpon are jumping out of the springs and the springs of the Holy Spirit and our basket's going to be full and all this kind of stuff. We're like, whoa, okay, whatever that means, whatever tarpons are. But, but for our region, there's such an outpouring of what we've just talked about signs wonders miracles harvest uh, unity oh gosh the unity in this region is amazing so so we should be greatly encouraged to recognize that our signature sound is bringing our voices together our revelation together in order to move forward the kingdom in our businesses in our family life in our government in our region, in our state. They say, as Florida goes, so does the nation. Yes, we are a fire lit for the nation, in our nation and around the world. We have only just begun learning how to harness this power that God has given us, be equipped with this revelation he's given us and how to release it on a people that God brings our way. Amen? I'm so excited for us. So excited for us. So let's stand. I want to pray over us. Uh, like I said, this week was really about understanding why behind all of these things, behind knowing the times, behind understanding the harvest and the signs and wonders, behind uh, the enemy strategy, and behind what God is doing inside the church. So um, I'm excited about this. I feel like there's more. And I just want to pray. Uh, I'm going to pray over us, but I want to read the scripture first. This is my new favorite scripture. Um, <laughs> I'm going to sing to you before I read it. Because, you know, you all recognize perfect pitch when you hear it. <laughs> I can tell I'm, I'm a little over hills. Okay, I'm, I am going to read that scripture. Let me look it up in the Bible. And then I'm going to pray this over us because I want to release the uh, 
outpouring of the Holy Spirit in us, through us, over us. And uh, this is my new favorite scripture. It's out of the Passion Translation. It's Psalms 23, 5, and it's the second half of it. And just close your eyes and, and just put out your hands to receive. It says, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So, Lord, I just thank you that you've anointed us with the Spirit. Not only have you anointed us, is that you have filled us up to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. And God, right now, I am just declaring over us and imparting into us that saturation as demonstrated um, into Paul, uh, that saturation of being able to ooze with such power that anyone that touches anything we've touched that gets anywhere near us will be healed, will be saved, will be delivered in Jesus' name. That, that it won't be this extended, long, forever thing that they will be healed right there on the spot. They will be delivered right there on the spot. They will be saved right there on the spot. That we will operate in such miracle signs and wonders that the fear of the Lord will fall on them. That they will be crying out, how do I get saved? How do I encounter the wonder of, of the living God, the authenticity of the one true God? the God of heaven and earth. God, this is what the impartation is, that we will receive such a, uh, such a overwhelming, overflowing, uh, over-the-top filling of your Holy Spirit that we will, we will be, I uh, uh, just keep seeing it, as we go, our shadows will uh, release that fear of the Lord. Our shadows will release the healing. Our shadows will release deliverance. Our shadows will release uh, uh, the, the desire that's already within them to know you, Jesus. So God, we just thank you that, that you are going to release that over us right now in the name of Jesus. Just, just everybody, I just want you to receive that release. Let his power come over you. Let that feeling come through you. Um, I just feel like there's going to be some tangible feeling on your hands because I've got feeling on my hands right now. Some people may have it on their legs, on their shoulders. It's a heaviness. It's a tingling. It's even a sweating. You know, sometimes there's some sweating there. There's a fragrance released. Uh, just receive all that Jesus has for you and go out like power with the Holy Spirit and, and be amazed at how God is going to use you. So, Father, we just thank you that uh, you chose us. You chose us. You called us by name. You gave your all for us. And then you came and lived within us. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Father. We exalt your holy name. Worthy, worthy, worthy are you, Lord. We bow down at your feet and say, thank you. We stand in the presence of the one we love. And we say, thank you. Thank you, God. We bless you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, God. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank 
you for your goodness, your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you for the healing of our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you call us pure and holy. That we are righteous and set apart. Thank you that you have anointed us with the power of the Holy Spirit to do the things that Jesus did and even greater things. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So, Father, we just thank you, and we just all scream, Amen. 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 Okay, guys, have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. For more podcasts like this and to connect with me, go to my website, cindy-stewart.com. And remember, you are the best investment you can make.